Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens? This is what happens, Larry. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? This is what happens. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you said this moment could never actually happen, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, March 4th, 2016, deep, dark, truthful mirror edition of the show where we look at the mind of a Trump supporter and we don't like what we see. Stay tuned! The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you this week by id.com. Id.com is the one-stop shop for all your darkest desires. Booze, porn, guns, drugs, and Confederate flags, it has it all. We have all we all have our dark side, it knows it, and provides a clearinghouse for the things you want, but our politically correct society says you can't have. Just this week I was at id.com and found myself unwanted for years, but knew I shouldn't have. Now I have an Asian dominatrix in my own. Fuck you, society, you can't tell me what to do. Is it okay if I do my podcast, mistress? Thank you, mistress. If you have a dark desire, an unfulfilled yearning, or just a base instinct you want to act on, Find it at id.com. Use the promo code THINKING to get 10% off your first purchase and a free German Scheiseporn video. There are no more barriers to cross. All I have in common with the uncontrollable and the insane, the vicious and the evil, all the mayhem I have caused and my utter indifference toward it, I have now surpassed. My pain is constant and sharp. And I do not hope for a better world for anyone. In fact, I want my pain to be inflicted on others. I want no one to escape. But even after admitting this, there is no catharsis. My punishment continues to elude me, and I gain no deeper knowledge of myself. No new knowledge can be extracted from my telling. This confession has meant Nothing. We've talked so much about Donald J. Trump that I am tired of him. You're tired of him. The only people who are not tired of him are the hundreds of thousands of people who keep turning out to vote for him. And in the words of the sage SpongeBob's Patrick, Who are you people? We're going to find out. We're going to talk about them today. The dark heart of America and the price they're willing to pay for the illusion of security and how deep the little man inside must go to feel as though his life has meaning. So, who are these people then, really? I mean, we can draw a mental image of a Trump supporter. Once again, we've got beer and gasoline and an open flame. (laughs) And assume that they are part of that group called Some Men Who Want to Watch the World Burn. 
This is not, to be fair, every Trump supporter. They are not all rednecks holding Coors Lights in a book of matches. Many of them are holding Bud Lights in a cigarette lighter. Fine, fine, fine. I will stop with the cheap jokes. Not stop. I mean, come on, have you heard this show? But I'm going to put them on hold for a minute while we talk about the serious details, because according to an article in The Atlantic, the mainline Trump supporter shares some key identifying traits, and we're going to talk about each of them in detail, then we're going to wrap it up with some of their own words. The first identifying trait, according to The Atlantic article, is college. Yeah, don't bother. I didn't write anything. The absence of a college degree is one of the largest predictors of Trump supports, according to The Atlantic, and let me be clear... I'm not insinuating, stating, or otherwise implying that the lack of a college degree or even going to college makes one stupid. It does not. There are indeed some technical irregularities about my own college education, which could be summed up best as incomplete. And I'm neither a Trump supporter nor an idiot. College is not about making you smart. College is about giving you staggering student loan debt. What college can do, however, is open your mind to new ideas and new experiences, keeps perspective, and introduce the crazy concept that human beings are pretty much the same regardless of their skin color, religion, or gender. The only exception to that rule is gay people, who are just fucking awesome. Gay people are so much cooler than straight people, and I'm not even joking! The other thing college degrees do is open up the door to a higher median income to the tune of, over your lifetime, about $830,000, although someone, some uh, people do bump that up to like a million. Think about that. For the price of, okay, the average college degree from, you know, a state school is probably thirty to $50,000. You, for that thirty dollars to $50,000, can make between $800,000 and a million dollars more over the course of your life. I believe you. I read the article in Forbes. That is actually where I read the article, but I don't think I included it in the show notes. Why is it like this? Because the kinds of jobs in the new economy have a bachelor's degree as a minimum requirement for consideration. Yet our education system stops at high school. So if you need a bachelor's degree to compete and your free publicly provided education stops short of that requirement. And that's why our fucking country's so fucked up. The bar is now set effectively higher to participate in the economy, but an entire class of people is prohibited by the economy from gaining the degree they need. And that, strangely, is one of the linchpins in the Sanders argument for a paid college education. But you can't tell this to a lot of people who lack a college education because they wear that shit like a badge of honor. Because I know that a lifetime of fry cook opportunities at the local Hardee's is really a fucking badge of honor. And you won't even support raising the minimum wage for that. In the coming years, even the traditional haven for the lower middle class white person, the police and fire departments, are going to start demanding a college degree. A lot of them already do. So what does that leave your average Trump supporter? The only thing left for regular white people is storm drainage. That's all we have. And don't think the fucking Polacks don't want to get their greasy hands on that. To this, I could also add the destructions of unions in this country, which could be fighting for higher wages and access to jobs based on ability, not just a piece of paper, but they don't like those either. 
The second piece of the puzzle of the puzzle that is a Trump supporter is they feel as though they lack a political voice. The Rand Corporation found a strong correlation between people who support Trump and those who feel they are being left out of running the country. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen, if I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. That's a tricky one because they are clearly so very, 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 very white. And for a white person to say they don't have a political voice in this country? It's just so ridiculous! On the other hand, they lack wealth and influence to have a meaningful voice. And they would argue that minorities and women have a stronger influence on politics than they do because they're organized and they demand they be heard. And if you're not an evangelical Christian or a gun nut or a Tea Party drone or any one of the ideological pet causes on the far right, say you're just an average Joe six-pack, not that liberal, not that conservative, you don't give a damn about gays, you just kind of think things ought to be a certain way, no one's really talking for you. You're left out of the right-wing dialogue and the left-wing dialogue. And this is probably why they call themselves the silent majority, even though they lifted that from Nixon, who is someone you don't want to be lifting anything from. I do feel obliged to point out that you were fucking silent for three goddamn decades. And you could have stood up at any time and said, um, uh, excuse me, uh, we would like to have a say in the rubber dick factory being relocated to Juarez and this whole rubber dick co stadium being built in its place. I mean, sure, we might enjoy that professional badminton league our tax dollars are financing, but the high-paying union jobs that came from being a rubber dick craftsman are being replaced by low-paying jobs at rubber dick field. We feel as voting members of this municipality, we should probably have a conversation about it. But you didn't. You watched The Apprentice and you shoved fatty foods in your pie hole right up until the time the rubber dong assembly line went silent. The badminton league collapsed because no one would ever watch badminton. It's a fucking stupid sport. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. So the silent majority, it's possible you lost your voice by never fucking using it. Oh, and if you're feeling disenfranchised because the world changed in ways you don't like, Let me help you with that. You see, it's simple. If you think abortion is immoral, don't get one. If you think gay marriage is a sin, don't marry someone of the same sex as you. If the idea of Sharia law frightens you, stay out of Saudi Arabia. The things that you feel you are being forced to accept, no one is forcing you to accept. All you have to do, and lean in close to the speakers here because I don't want you to miss this part, because it's really important, is get over it! Next on our little list of disappointment, Trump supporters want to wage an interior war against outsiders. What the fuck does that even mean? It means that they would like very much a strong leader who would enforce an ideological, even ethnic purity on America. And if that sounds vaguely scary, it shouldn't. It should sound incredibly fucking terrifying. People, these people, want an authoritarian leader who will punish our enemies, pull them from our streets, and ensure the people of America are safe from terror. In survey after survey, poll after poll, Trump supporters all score very high in their desire for authoritarianism. They want a strong man who will keep America safe. And but there's the rub. This is where we point and say, this is where history will point and say, wow, the terrorist won. 
If people in this country are so fucking terrified, they are ready to elect a man who has openly stated he would commit war crimes by killing the non-combatant families of terrorists, bar new immigrants of the Muslim faith, he will shut down mosques and keep a database of Muslims in the country if they want to elect him instead of recoiling in horror. That's when they're going to say the terrorist won. But his supporters highlight this as one of the main reasons they like him. Despite there not being a major terrorist incident in this country since 9-11, people live in pants-wetting fear of the scary other and embrace what is just so damn close to fascist rhetoric. It makes no difference because they need an authoritarian leader to tell them what to do, where to do it, and when to do it. They are children, afraid, timid, and desperately seeking a daddy to make them feel safe. And if you hang your hat on this particular person, keep in mind, he is intimated at least he would like to fuck his own daughter. Oh, no, that is just... And if he's willing to do that, you can rest assured he's willing to fuck you too. Frankly, this authoritarian argument is the most repellent to me personally. It's the one that is the most un-American, the most antithetical to the idea of the founders who, after all, rebelled against an authoritarian king, founded a whole new country specifically designed to keep that kind of power out of the hands of one man. So, and when many of these pants wetters are flying Gadsden flags and swearing on the greatest generation who went to war to stop fascism and yet are actively seeking the same sort of person their grandfathers went to war to fight, they fucking are, oh, fuck their assholes. I can live with people whose beliefs I disagree with, but fucking hypocrites infuriate me. And y'all fuckers are some of the biggest hypocrites in American history. Are you finished? Oh, not even close. The last element in this Atlantic article is they live in parts of the country with, and I quote here, racial resentment. Get the fuck out of here! No, I cannot. It's serious because it's very important. Peace. Civis Analytics found Trump's support strongest from the Gulf Coast through the Appalachians all the way up into the heart of New York State. And oddly, that geographic area corresponds with an area, with an area researchers found the largest prevalence of racist Google searches. Now, this in and of itself means nothing, but when you look at it in the context of the endless reports of Trump rallies blurring the lines between Klan rallies... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He uh, uh disavowed... The Klan. I mean, remind you, he did it with the same sort of enthusiasm and vigor that I decline a cup of decaf coffee. Ah, you know, that'll be okay. It'll be fine. But when I watch a young African-American woman being pushed from person to person while the angry white men shout language, I usually associate with a Quentin Tarantino movie at her. I remain sublimely unconvinced of the veracity of their claims. And I'm not saying that all... Trump supporters are the kind of people who wear white sheets and burn crosses on lawns, though I am sure there are many with betting redolent of high-octane and OLED. What I am saying is they all share a sort of base racism encoded into their identity that just stems from who they are and where they live. If they wouldn't, outside of a Trump rally, shout nigger at random black people, the words those people probably pepper their invective. 
and I'm quite sure while they have no black, quote, friends, unquote, they would all say they really like that black guy they work with down at the rubber dick factory. I mean, not enough to ever invite him over for dinner, or let him know that there's a great deal on a house on their block, and certainly not enough to want his son to date their daughter. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. But you know, they're willing to talk about sports at lunch. No, they share what is sort of a passive racism, and it's been kept quiet because of polite society, or to use their sobriquet, political correctness. Boy, do they like to talk about how Trump is not political correct. He's plain spoken, says what's on his mind, and damn the consequences. The lament of the Trumpian racist is the country is so worried about being politically correct that no one can say anything anymore. You can't talk about the lazy Mexicans who work 18 hours a day to feed their family, or the shifty blacks whose insidious crime is driving through a white neighborhood in the middle of the afternoon. You just can't come out and say that the guy with the turban is probably building bombs in the wood shop he has in his garage where he's actually making a treehouse for his kids. God forbid you mention the gays or the women or the New York Jews because this country has got so politically incorrect. And they're right. They can't say those things because it marks them as the sort of reprehensible human beings we spent the last 60 years trying to shut the fuck up in this country. But now with Trump, hey, it's okay because he's, after all, not a racist. He's just being honest. And finally... Finally, there is this last argument, and this is not one from the Atlantic article. This is one I hear from my own family and from any number of other Trump supporters. It's that I, I, your podcast host, Dave Bledsoe, do not understand how fed up people are with the state of the United States of America and how they want an outsider to come in and fix it. They have this deep abiding rage against, quote, the system, unquote, against the political class that has used them to climb to power and that ignored them until the next election. You know, to just demonstrate this, I've selected a quote, quotes, a series of quotes from a series of secret Trump supporters who echo this philosophy. The Guardian dropped this article today, and I am just so lucky I found this in time to wedge it in. You can find it in the show notes, but listen to the actual words of the faded glory brand brown shirts that support Trump. And God help us all. A 29-year-old Hispanic attorney, before he ran the left stranglehold in the national conversation of what is or isn't tolerable, was getting stronger by the minute. It was the year of Catelyn Jenner, of Rachel Dolezal, of Black Lives Matter, Anyone who even hinted at disapproval was exiled. Every week, someone would dare to blurt out something on PC and the media would absolutely crucify them. It had me thinking this was it. We've lost. How on earth can we hope to defeat these people with their complete domination of the national conversation and relentless narrative of progress, tolerance, acceptance, and feels Heil Hitler! Sorry, he didn't say Heil Hitler, but... That's basically what he was saying. Oh, this gets better. This is one... Oh, fuck. God damn. Oh, shit. A 24-year-old Occupy protester. You know, remember Occupy Wall Street? That shit. So this guy was, what, 19? He's 24 now. He still knows shit about shit. Early in 2014, I began concealing my political opinions from people. That's because you're an idiot. 
And it was shortly after this time that I began plotting to vote Republican in hopes that the party would send the country so far in the direction of complete, unrestricted neoliberalism and libertarian free market superstition that Americans would come to recognize the dangers of these ideologies and eventually reject them. Aren't you a precious little fucking flower? You are just going to change 350 million people's minds. That's no wonder you were an Occupy protester. I bet you waved your little hands when you wanted to say something. God damn it, what a fucking idiot. He went on to say that he was hoping that they would hope they would recognize them and reject them. I actually, he lives in New York. I'm planning on tracking this guy down. I'm sure he's in Williamsburg or maybe Bushwick. I'm going to kick the shit out of him. Don't worry, I'm taking Gavin with me. He'll hold my purse. A 56-year-old casino supervisor in Nevada said, I'm a Democrat, but will vote for Trump because he's not bought and paid for by anyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, he's not. He's not bought and paid for any by anyone because he's bought and paid for by himself. But that's not the point. He... He doesn't owe anyone anything except his own needs. Sorry, I'm going back to... uh, This is going back to the casino supervisor. We, the American people, are tired of politicians owing favors to rich, rich businessmen, bankers, oil companies, and the stock markets. Excuse me, asshole! You do see that he's a rich businessman, right? God damn it. Oh, fuck. These people are insane. Oh, moving on to the next. Oh, this is my favorite. This, oh, God. An anti-politically correct college professor. I am angry at the forced diversity and constant, frequently unjustified complaints about racism, sexism, homophobia, and the lack of trans rights. I'm particularly angry at social justice warriors. Anyone that uses the term social justice warriors is not a liberal, They are a hardcore conservative. I don't give a fuck what this man said he was. Or he is a misogynist douchebag. Although he can be a liberal college professor and a misogynist douchebag. In fact, those usually go together a lot. Anyway, he's really angry about them and he's going to vote for Trump just as a way to say fuck you. Finally, the last one, I think. And this is how The Guardian presented him. An Indian-American attorney, part of the 1%. A Trump presidency would mean to me a return to the U.S. where immigrants came to this country in measured amounts, who could substantially contribute to the economy and society. There was no chain of immigration, so those who came were well qualified, earned as much through their American counterparts, and lived in a better order society. When I hear a rich immigrant say something like, oh, we came here legally and we worked really hard, and I look because he's a second generation immigrant and he's very rich what i hear is translation fuck you i got mine you people can fucking figure it out for yourself and for god's sakes there is not a huge swath of illegal indian immigration here in fact most indian immigration here are people exactly like this guy because they're of the fucking oh oh my god Ah! oh fuck i've I've, I've lost it, and I'm going to have to spend five minutes editing out the fucking pauses where I just stop to go, ow. But you know, that's the one argument about voting for Trump that is both accurate and absurd at the same time. On the one hand, they're right. 
For four decades, the two parties have pandered to the base and enacted policies that did what was best for the wealthy and allowed the middle class to slowly crumble. On the other hand, the savior is a man who's blatantly pandering to them the same way and shows zero evidence of doing anything that does not serve his own best interest. It is the most blatantly idiotic piece of thinking I have ever witnessed. And keep in mind, I watched Bush get re-elected in 2004. To simply assume that Donald J. Trump is in any way different you would need to be a complete fucking moron to even conceive of this patently false idea in one's head. There it is, the unifying factor for everyone that cast a vote for Donald J. Trump is not their authoritarianism, their fear of terrorism, their disenfranchisement, their dislike of his political correctness. The one thing... The one thing that identifies a Trump supporter is that they are complete fucking imbeciles. We won with poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. Here are a group of people so simple, they embrace a fantasy less plausible than any game my staff and I play on Tuesday, which contains dragons and elves. They've drank so much Kool-Aid, they have actually physically morphed into a giant pitcher busting through the walls and screaming, Oh yeah! Anyone who cast a cast a vote for Donald J. Trump, believing he will work for the little guy, is either so incredibly stupid they should not be legally allowed to vote in the first place, or they are fundamentally disassociated from reality and represent the failing of a nation to adequately educate our people. Every single vote for Trump is a nail in the coffin of the Republic, not because he will assume the office of the presidency, which he will not because there are still at least 50% of us that have a functioning brain cell left, but because they will be there waiting for the next Trump, a smarter Trump, who can hide his vile philosophies behind a more congenial mask whose rhetoric will not only appeal to the idiots, but the merely not-brights and the somewhat uneducated. He will be there, they will be there, and when he comes out, they will vote for him, and that is when we will finally put a fascist in the White House, draped in a flag, and carrying a... That is it for our show this week. The band Hypnostate, as always, provides the music in the show opener. Find their work on Jamendo.com. If you were the type to type the hell with an underscore and the word podcast on Twitter, you would be brilliantly entertained by a stream of jokes, links, and anecdotes of kittens. If you were just the kind of person who's only on Facebook and not on Twitter, you could go to the show name on Facebook and just basically find a series of links to the shows that we've already done. If you were the kind of person that wanted to suggest an 80-proof prediction and you didn't want us to tweet us at the hell underscore podcast, maybe you don't like Twitter, you could find us at whatthehellpodcast at gmail.com and make your suggestions for the 80-proof prediction. Remember to use the subject line, Fuck you, Gavin. For me, Dave Bledsoe, and all the fictional convention delegates on the show, we would like to remind you that the dark side is calling, but nothing is real. Trump will never care just how you feel. From out of the shadows he stalks in your dreams, he makes you feel crazy. What he does, it's mean. 
Ain't nothing gonna save you from the Trump this time, but we'll slip to the dark side and cross that line. See you all next week. <laughs> going to be beautiful honestly you can see it it's beautiful i'm, I'm going to be the best damn candidate ever i mean you guys all know that I, you're the smartest people and i'm the best people you know you know except for that one gab fuck gab Podcasts.